0: Welcome to Light in the Darkness, a podcast from Vestavia Hills Baptist Church in Birmingham, Alabama. I am Pastor Eric Spivey, and I'm glad you are here. This week we celebrate the fourth week of Advent, the Light of Love, with author Ryan Hankins. Ryan and his wife Meredith have been sacred partners of Vestavia Hills Baptist Church since October 2001. Originally from Arkansas, they now have three children, two of whom just finished their first semester of college. As the executive director of PARCA, a statewide policy research nonprofit, Ryan stays busy traveling across our state. On Sundays, though, you can find him teaching in the Wild Goose Bible study class. After Ryan graduated from Beeson Divinity School, he and Meredith lived in Oxford, England, where he studied for a year. One fun fact about this time in their lives is that they lived in the Kilns, the home of C.S. Lewis, where he wrote his Narnia books and other classics. It's no wonder that Ryan is such a good writer. Before we hear Ryan's essay on The Light of Love, let me remind us that this podcast serves as a companion to a written Advent worship guide. In the Worship Guide, you can read Ryan's essay as well as other daily worship prompts. Worship prompts are short, action-oriented spiritual practices which allow the week's theme to settle into our lives. A link to the Worship Guide is on our website, vhbc.com, and in the podcast notes. Now, here's a reading of John 15, verses 12 through 17. Enjoy. Enjoy. john fifteen,
1: twelve through 17 this is my commandment that you love one another as i have loved you no one has greater love than this to lay down one's life for one's friends you are my friends if you do what i command you i do not call you servants any longer because the servant does not know what the master is doing They had finished the bread. They had finished the wine. And before they left the cozy room for the cool of the garden, Jesus offered his last words to his disciples, a full five chapters in the Gospel of John. Among those verses, we are told to love one another. We are told, do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. We are promised the Holy Spirit we are invited to abide in his love. In those very same verses is perhaps one of the most challenging, even frightening passages in all the Gospels. Jesus tells his disciples in the room and throughout history and down to us today, these words. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Tender sentiments toward family and friends and fond memories of special places are easy and may well be love, but it is not the love that Jesus requires. The love that Jesus speaks of is the love he has given us. What does that love look like? Jesus' love was humble. As Paul wrote in Philippians 2, Jesus emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, and humbled himself. This very week, we remember Jesus' birth among the animals attended to by shepherds. Like love itself, we've romanticized the birth of Jesus. It was not romantic, nor sweet, nor peaceful. In all likelihood, it was terrifying. Jesus' love was rooted in obedience to God, constant prayer, and faithful worship. Jesus' love was whiskey. He welcomed the stranger touched the untouchable, honored the oppressor, and forgave the traitor. Jesus' love was unilateral. He loved people who could do nothing for him in return. Jesus' love was costly. He was dismissed, derided, betrayed, abandoned, and killed. These traits offer just a hint of Jesus' love for us. Love like that is neither fickle nor arbitrary. It is not haphazard. It is not based on trade-offs and reciprocity. Jesus loves a divine and unshakable promise. Jesus loves us not in spite of the fact that we don't deserve it, but precisely because we don't deserve it. How can we ever love one another as he has loved us? Perhaps it is not how we love but who we love. We are to love the people whom we think don't deserve it. We are to love the people who can do nothing for us. We are to love the people who would cause a scandal. We are to love the people who will cause us pain.
0: Ryan, thank you again for, um, for writing for us, for the, um, our worship guide, as well as your, the beautiful um, essay for our podcast. Uh, I was just uh, kind of, I love your language as you were describing Jesus' commandment to um, love one another as I have loved you. And you describe it um, as both challenging and frightening. And so I love those ideas about what it means to love like Jesus loved us. And so I wondered how um, your own story has sort of shaped this, both the essay and this, and this idea of what it means to love like Jesus. Yeah, I'm uh, glad
1: to be with you and glad to have this opportunity. I, like a lot of us, I suppose, was raised in a Christian home, raised in church. And read these passages, you know, love one another and be kind to one another, and all those things you learn as a child and a teenager in church. Um, And it was fairly easy because I didn't really know anyone who wasn't like me. Everyone was more or less, you know, as far as I knew, Christians um, looked like me, thought like me, as far as I could tell. Um, So the loving one another was easy because everyone seemed to love you or at least you know get along with you. It was not until I got older, you know, and and really saw more of the world and really encountered people who were not like me, uh, very very much not like me, and were not necessarily inclined to love me, and that was uh, that was startling, and um, uh, my some of my first responses were were probably not very kind and loving. I remember at a, a time in college um, where. Um, I was very interested in certain things and things I was studying and learning and, and if you didn't find those interesting, if you didn't find those fascinating, if you weren't uh, inclined to you know, read these books and think deep thoughts, I didn't want to have much to do with you. And that was a real an unkind, unkind, I've become <laughs> an unkind person in yes. some ways. You yes. know. Maybe more, more internally, I, I don't think I shown, showed that outwardly. People might not have known, but I knew, yeah. and I had come, become, I was becoming not the kind of person I'd been raised to be. Um, and, and later in life, as I've, I've been around more and more people, and more and more people who are very different from me, uh, these words of Jesus, uh, ha- as you said, have been frightening, but also comforting, because mm. um, um, they are words that um, I think I am called to live by, but also comforted to live by, because, um, as I remember someone saying a while back, uh, God is not disappointed in us. Mm. He is not surprised by us. Um, he loves us for all the reasons that, that we know. And I, I find great comfort
0: in that on my worst days. So Ryan, you, you've described the experience of being challenged to love like Christ. Uh, a large part of the scriptures, especially when we think about Advent, is about how love comes down, this incarnation of God's love in the world through the birth of Jesus. Um, And it's something that we receive. And so as we think about um, all of us as we're listening to the podcast and worshiping this weekend or this week um, and and are focused on God's love, where have you experienced God's love in your life? I I think... I think I'll wander around before I get to your question. That's fine. Uh, I
1: I think one of the things that has always been, well, as I begin to learn these ideas has been meaningful to me about Advent, um, is whatever else it is, it is God um, affirming creation. Mm. God affirming humanity. Um, And really pushing back against that idea of the world is evil. Um, and uh, we're just waiting you know, to be taken away to a new, a new life. And as I began to, to really understand, that was really not what the scriptures teach, um, that, that in Christ, God is affirming the world, and our promise is um, a, a, a new, a, a recreated world, a new heaven and a new earth. Um, and the things that we will do in that new earth, uh, we can do now. Um, That was affirming to me, and I think that helped me think about love in a different way, Mm. that love, um, the love that uh, God has shown me and the love that we are called to show each other is is again not an emotion, not well wishes, not optimistic feelings, I wish you the best, but how we are called to care for one another, care for the earth. We're called to live lives of love um, because the world that we're in is redeemed. It's being redeemed and we are part of God's plan of redeeming the world and setting the world to rights. How does that mean for me and how I've been loved? Um, I think I've experienced God's love by working in in the ways he's called me to work in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, first through my uh, work at Empower Ministries where we uh, provided education and healthcare for adults uh, that were trapped in a cycle of poverty. Um, a lot, I went down there, a lot of people came down to work at Empower. Um, to give of their excess, their excess money, their excess time, their excess skills, and help these people who were quote unquote less than. And what we encountered regularly was we were being ministered to. Mm. That um, these individuals coming in that maybe did not know how to read so well, that struggled with education, did not have health healthcare. Um, but they were also pastors mm. and deacons and, and far better Christians than I'll ever be. Mm. And it really helped me understand um, a lot about love, a lot about compassion. Um, uh, when, when people that I was meant to be caring for, cared for me. Mm. When people I was meant to minister to, prayed for me and um, did things for me. Um, when they had nothing to give, they gave me love. They gave me compassion. They gave me acceptance. And that
0: was uh, transformative in my life. I'm grateful for your for your willingness to participate in our worship guide, your writing, and even here your vulnerability with us. And I'm grateful that you are um, participating in God's redemption in the world right now through your through your through your work, through your life here in our church, and through your um, through your family. And um, I'm just grateful for your friendship. So thank you for being here. Thank you. Thanks for listening to our Light in the Darkness podcast. You will find our daily worship prompts in our Light for the Darkness Advent Worship Guide found at vhbc.com and in the podcast notes. Here's a few more invitations. This Sunday is December the 24th. It's a unique Sunday. We will celebrate first the fourth Sunday of Advent as well as Christmas Eve. Here are some ways you can worship with Vestavia Hills Baptist Church. At 9.15 on Sunday morning, we will offer a Christmas Eve service for children and their families called Come See the Baby. It will be held in our fellowship hall for families. This worship service is interactive and lasts about 30 minutes. It's perfect for families and kids of all ages who want to remember the importance of the day. At 10 a.m. on Sunday, we will celebrate the fourth Sunday of Advent with a beautiful worship service in our sanctuary. The service will be centered around Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 38. Then that evening, at 8 p.m. on Christmas Eve, we will offer a candlelight Christmas Eve communion service in our sanctuary. It will be filled with beautiful music from our handbell choir, I hope that you will join us in our sanctuary atop Shades Mountain in Birmingham, Alabama or online through any of our streaming platforms. Until next Monday morning, Christmas Day, I am Pastor Eric Spivey. As you discover the light in the darkness this week, may you not forget you are loved. Amen.